Well, welcome everybody, and thank you for being here with us. And down, Trubisky well protected, wide open. Anthony Miller slips a tackle. Miller to the end zone. Touchdown Bears. Back to Sean Watson. According to colleague Tom Pelissero and myself, the Texans are now willing to listen to trade offers for Deshaun Watson. And this has been very quietly going on for some time, but it is now, I would say, a little more out in the open. And the fact that the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson did have a meeting yesterday. It was on Watson whether to show up for training camp. And then before that, everybody thought it was on the league to determine, well, is he going to be put on the commissioner's exempt list? And as I told you last week, I did not anticipate that before the start of their training camp. And welcome to another episode of the Turn Up For What podcast, talking your Houston Texans straight from the Great British Isles. And it was meant to be about training camp this week, it was meant to be about football, but the Watson story crops back up again. The national media are pumping the story like like hell, and we're trying to get as much smoke out there as possible. Does that mean a move that's imminent? Does that mean... They're trying to put a complexion on it or do a favour for one of these camps. Something kind of seems a bit off, but uh, something may happen soon. Um, but I think we all want um, closure and move on from this topic that's dominated this off-season and still hangs over this team. So the distraction mantra or not wanting distractions of New England that, that Casario may or may not have brought over will be put to the test. And we'll find out just exactly uh, if we'll be moving on or this will continue to be a storm uh, hanging over the team. Don't envy David Cully, don't envy Nick Casario being in front of the media or the players. It's going to be one topic only and it's not going to be about football for a little bit time longer. But it certainly seems Deshaun isn't going to be suspended by the league so he can therefore play this season. The question is, is this the right time to trade him? Considering if you trade him to a team, have a good season, your draft picks aren't going to be very good. So it's all unknown at this stage. But, you know, something might happen, something might not. But we're just going to let that play out. And hopefully we can pick that one back up next week uh, with some kind of perspective rather than in the eye of the storm right now. But here is an interview we had planned prior to that. And this is my conversation with Drew Doherty from Texas Media. Training camp is finally here. I'm joined this week by Texans media, Drew Dorothy. Drew, how you been, man? Been about a year now, I think. Pre-COVID. I know, it's been too long, man. I missed you. You doing all right? Yeah, doing all right. Life's kind of slowly getting back to normal and football's here finally after a long off-season. Thank goodness. Yeah, it's been, it's been a long time. Um, just saying, there's been a bit of a media frenzy today um, in terms of a, a certain individual who's been in the press or in the, in the media spotlight for a whole host of reasons, football and some none. Um, any makings of it as we, uh, as, it, as I suppose the, the news cycle never stops with the Texans right now. So. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, the, the higher ups like Cal McNair, you know, team chairman, CEO, he's, he's had his, his statement on the, the, the topic and as has Nick Casario and David Culley, but you know, he's, Deshaun Watson's still Texan. There's stuff going on with the legal process. And, um, you know, he's here uh, from what we hear. So, you know, that's all I really got to say about that. And, you know, we're looking forward to the season and uh, can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, well, that's it. I think it's uh, it's got a long – well, it might have a long way to go, it might not, but it uh, certainly seems there's a lot to lot to play out uh, this, this season. 
on many fronts. But um, uh, I suppose last week's news probably puts the game into perspective sometimes, Drew, but the passing of Greg Knapp, obviously he was at the Texans a couple of years under Cubes. And, and what's your memories of him? Obviously terrible, terrible accident. He's obviously, you know, bound to take on another stage his career in New York and what first and foremost a tragedy, but what's your kind of memories of, of that? Loved him. You know, there've been a lot of great coaches, both head coaches and assistant coaches that have come through this building. And he's one of my favorites because many, many times he'd just be walking down the hall to take care of some sort of task. And it could be in the off season. Sometimes it was during the season, but he would always stop by and plop down in my chair in my office. And I can count on one hand, the number of coaches over the 13 years that I've been here that have done that. And he was just a real guy, you know, he's a real person. He was, a, you know, not that those other guys aren't or weren't, but you know, he took an interest in everyone around him. You know, not just if you were a football player, not just if you're a football coach. And uh, I was really sad when he left us for, for Oakland in 2012, happy for the opportunity, obviously, but sad that he was leaving us because he was a great coach. I mean, he, he think about it, he coached Steve, Steve Young and all these other greats and his time in Houston has not gotten a lot of notoriety, but the two years he was here, he coached Schaub and Schaub put up big numbers in 2010. And then in 11, Schaub was doing pretty well, gets the injury and he had to coach up Leinert who only lasted a half. And then he had to coach up, TJ Yates, who was a fifth round choice, and he had a, a room with Jeff Garcia at one point and Jake DeLome at one point and a few others. And, you know, the Texans were able to actually win a playoff game with a rookie quarterback who, you know, had come from comparative, comparatively humble, uh, you know, a, a humble background. So he was a heck of a coach, heck of a person. And, you know, I'm really, really just sad, sad by, by the news, like, like so many others who knew him even – better than I did. I was just a small, small blip on that, that radar screen, but he was a great guy, a really, really great guy. Yeah. I saw a quote from Peter King. I think it was uh, paraphrasing here, but it said that Brock Osweiler was asked by Rick Smith, how do you get back to your Denver form? And he said, bring about that Greg quote. Wasn't that yeah. great? Yeah. yeah. Bring that back was what he was saying. And yeah, I can, I can understand why, why Brock said that. And, um, he was a he was a great coach, uh, great great coach, but even better person. You know, you hear that that's a cliche, I know, but like that's it's absolutely the case uh, with him. Yeah, taking too too early, I think, Drew. I think it's um, yeah a strange time, um, I suppose, in the league right now. And you saw a former Texans coach and uh, Rick Dennison potentially not lose his job, but you know, there's there's discussions about whether he will be able to carry out his job. Um, it's, I suppose it's probably a dynamic that I don't know how long we'll have to all live with, but it's certainly, you know, I think it's just a strange time to be in and around the football team when you've got this whole macro strain of, 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 a, of a virus that, you know, it's, it's still, we're still living with it in, in some form or another. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I mean, you're, you're right on about that. It's weird times in which we're living, um, you know, but you got to just adjust and roll with it and, and, and go with the flow and you, know, you want everybody to be healthy and safe and, all that other stuff. So I'm vaccinated. I've gotten tested and uh, I'll be tested again. And uh, I just, I just hope we get, get football with uh, full stadiums and safe people and, and a healthier populace, you know, as it goes on, it's, it's been tough. Wasn't fun for anybody, but there's, there's far worse things happening than, you know, job inconveniences and stuff like that. But it's, it's, uh, it's something that 
hopefully we'll keep coming out of soon enough, right? Yeah, well, I mean, I've had both mine, but uh, I think mine aren't FDA approved yet. So, and there's no travel, you know, still no travel, but, you know, corridors set up between here in the US. So, yeah, it's all kind of up in there. You know, normally at this time of year, you'd have the flights booked, you'd have the schedule circled and you'd yeah. have everything all ready to go. But it's just uh, uncertainty is the, new, is the new content, I suppose. Um, no doubt. And, how, no and, doubt. and coming out of a year last year when that like, affected you, what was the biggest change did you find to you know, your job and just generally being around the team last year with so many kind of league-mandated kind of restrictions? You know, last year is always going to be kind of an asterisk year for me uh, just because I, I – mean, so many of these guys I still have not met. Like, there are guys that are on the team that I've not seen in person or talked with in person. And, yeah. That's such a big part of what I do. You know, I, I, um, I just, I, I was so disconnected from things. I didn't go to the, the away games, um, which that's a, that's a big part of just, you, you get background information on people when you're around them in, in these different settings. And I didn't get any of that. And so that was odd. Uh, watching, watching games in my office was odd. I'd never done that before. Um, but we had like the clean feed, all 22 from the game. So I would watch the, the game from this chair, you know, and yeah. it just wasn't the same, you know, it just was not the same as going to the city and you know, you're around the crowd and all, and they, there weren't crowds in many of these places too. So it was just a weird, weird, I'll always put an asterisk by that year. Cause it wasn't really like what I'd done before. Yeah. And you said that about the crowds. I mean, like what's the, I know there was, it was just a limited capacity, sort of 13,000 after a week four or five, was it four of the Vikings games at the first time they had fans in? And yeah, the first game was closed. So it was week two against the Ravens. Yes, what was that like? Completely awful. Yeah. It was awful. The team didn't play well. It was, there was nobody there. It just didn't feel like a game. It didn't yeah. feel like – because you remember the last time you'd been in that stadium was the Buffalo Bills playoff win, which is it's one of the you know four or five greatest victories, I think, in, yeah. in team history, at least home victories. You know, the atmosphere and, and what they did to come back and the excitement and everything. You went from that uh, to what happened in, in week two. It just – I mean, there couldn't be a bigger gulf, it seems, yeah. between the two experiences. Yeah, it felt, so, it felt empty on the broadcast, I remember. I mean, it was late here, but, yeah, it just – It was it, – yeah, you, that feeling was correct because it was. You know, yeah. it was very empty. Yeah, and I remember, multiple ways. I, I remember when Deshaun missed uh, David Johnson up the sideline on a wheel route, and it, you know you think on a normal day you might have caught him, and uh, and he just it just felt like you know it just was, was some missed. It was just no juice, and I suppose it was probably you know same with the Pittsburgh the week before when you saw JJ mic'd up, and you know, it just feels weird <laughs> with yeah. no one in the, with no one in the stadium. So, what would you say Drew's your best memory of fans in the stadium, and what's the, what what kind of impact? Can people make? Because I always think there's a big difference between the mid, the midday noon kickoffs and the, and the prime time ones, just in terms sure. of you know, uh, in terms of like buzz early from the first whistle. But what's your kind of best memory of the of the impact of the fans and and how much you think the team will welcome them back this year? Yeah, probably that Bills game was one of them. The first playoff game was incredibly electric. Yeah. Earlier in that 11 season, when the team played the Falcons and. That was a, a massive game because the Falcons were pretty good that year. TJ Yates was yeah. – yeah. it was maybe his second game. I think it might have been his, the, the first game after the Jaguars game. I'm, I'm getting older. I'm, my memory's getting hazier. But I know it was like the week before the Bengals game where they clinched. And that game was really, really loud. And it came down to, 
you know, there was a fourth down play where the, you know, they went to the end zone and the ball got batted away. But I mean, those were huge games and that those defenses, especially back then was uh, those defenses were, were really feeding off and keying off the crowd and you know, the players. So they, you, you talk to every player and they love it. You know, they love the, the energy and all that stuff that it brings. So I think you know, the crowds play a big part in it and, and make things a lot better uh, when it's full. Yeah. And what's, is that, is that the thing you're most looking forward to returning to? Were you level one last year? So you had most access. No, I wasn't, I wasn't, no, I wasn't. I, all right. I couldn't, couldn't go on the field. I was up in the, uh, the perch that I do the, the pregame and the halftime. Oh, yeah. And the yeah. For the corner. Shows. Yeah. 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 So I was up okay. there. Um, Cause you know, you're not, you're not close to anybody. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I'll, it'll probably be like similar. I think this year I'll be able to get down and uh, interview players. A lot of that stuff is still up in the air, but it'll right. be a, a yeah. little different, at least in preseason we are having games. So that means I'll be the, the, the sideline reporter yep. still don't know if I'm in that trough or if I'm on the field, I think it's the field, but okay. you know, I've started getting COVID tested. So that's a sign at least that, <laughs> you know, cause I didn't get, didn't get tested last year on a regular basis, like some of them. Right. So the fact that I am getting tested, that shows a little something, but um, yeah. yeah, can't wait to see fans because a lot of it is I've, I've built up, you know, relationships with some of these people that have been fans, you know, they've been, so a lot of these folks have been here with the Texans and, and going to games before I even got here. You know, I didn't get here until 2009. Yeah. Um, I'm from here, but I, I wasn't living here from about 02 to 09 uh, when the Texans started. So it's fun seeing a lot of these smiling faces and uh, I missed it a lot last year because, you know, we didn't have that. We didn't have the weekly radio shows that we did. Yeah. Uh, uh, which we had been doing for about a decade, at, you know, out of Fuddruckers or at uh, the Texans Grill before that. And that there was always a, a crew of folks. I think you've come to a few of those maybe yeah, in the past. Yeah. But, uh, you know, yeah, you just, that's one of the things you miss because, you know, you built up relationships with those folks who become friends with those folks. Yeah. Just on a side note, the last time I was there was the Fuddruckers. I can't remember which location, the one near the top golf, but um, the, uh, I was Jonathan Joseph was there that night. Um, yeah. I mean, and, as a, I've not met, you know, I've not had the chance to meet as many, many players you probably like, but yeah, I mean, just, you know, obviously he just retired now, but what a great guy. And just, I mean, he couldn't have, he couldn't, he's the, the, the sentiment I gave his burger was cold by the time he finished speaking to us, he couldn't have given you more time. Um, and I think that was just kind of probably summed up what a great guy he was. Um, That's who what, he is, man. I mean, you absolutely nailed it. I love yeah. that guy. I mean, <laughs> yeah. probably the greatest free agent signing in team oh, history, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, him, him and Antonio Smith. Uh, boy, came in. We needed him like oxygen in 2011 after the what the past defense had done the year before. I mean, one of the worst ever, it, like in NFL history. And he came in and really helped right that ship and then was solid and above average for a long, long time here. And just a great person, consummate pro, win, lose. He was, he was ready to stand and talk, you know. Um, sad that he left glad that he's back and he was back in the building about a week or two ago and it's really good to see him it was just like nothing had changed you know just had a nice little five minute conversation about his kids and youth sports and stuff and how it's uh you know he's he busy he is but great guy and and uh what a great career gosh think about how long he lasted think about how tough he was just about every, it seems like every single game he had to leave the game because he yeah. you know he's like his shoulder was hurting or his you know something was wrong but then he would wind up getting back in. I mean, just tough as beef jerky. And uh, he was a great Texan, is a great Texan. And 
salute to a great career. But yeah, you you picked up on that that personal side of him. Yeah, that's who he is, man. It's a yeah. good dude. It's a really yeah. good dude. Yeah, couldn't give more time. Um, and just such a gracious guy for somebody in yeah. you know a privileged position in life. But you would never known it. You know, he could have been. He, you know, mm-hmm. he could have worked. He could have worked at the Fuddruckers. He was that humble. You know, he really was. It was yeah. just just such a down to earth guy. So yeah, I think we missed that. I suppose it's. Um, it's it's probably those bits true that you, you perhaps you, you get the most out of a job like yourself. I mean, you've done a lot of interviews with uh, where are they now, guys? And have you got any sort of favourite memories that you'll always take? You know, if you're looking back on your career, that you'll always look back on. Uh, you know, like like speaking to J. Joe and guys like that. Is there any sort of you know you got specific memories that you'd that you'll always t- keep with you? Oh, yeah, like seven years to talk. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it's been fun. Um, you know, I, I did a, like starting with him, with J. Joe, I remember a few years back, I did an interview with him and we were both wearing blankets. And you know, basically the idea was, you know, he covered receivers like a blanket. So I was playing up on that, just being a, a goofball. And most guys yeah. are like, ah, I don't feel like wearing a blanket, but he was just like, okay, sure. And he just wore the blanket the whole time while we did the interview. Um, I just did one recently. I put the article up, it should go up on the website later today with Antonio Smith, the ninja. And I mean, that, that guy, when he came here, those first four years, five years he was here, he was awesome. You know, very colorful player, the ninja assassin, Tonstradamus. Yeah. I mean, we had so many laughs with him. And then he went away, he got a Super Bowl ring, and he finished things up by coming back here in 16, you know, when J.J. went down with that injury. Yeah. And, you know, the Texans had a really – they wound up having a really good defense that year. That was the Brock Osweiler year where they, they won the playoff game against the Raiders and then went up to New England. But, you know, Antonio – I'd forgotten he was here for 13 games. I, for some reason in my memory, I had him here for just like a month, but he was here for the bulk of the season. And uh, he said it was, he loved that experience too. Uh, He was an older guy. He wasn't, you know, a starter or anything, but some of his buddies that he had played with the first time around, like J. Joe, Kareem, Brian Cushing, they were still there, but then he had a new cast like, um, you know, Covington and, DJ reader. There were young guys who were sort of around his, his locker and his, his area. And he, he had fun sort of paying it forward. He said, so I always love that. I mean, a million Sean Cody stories. He's, he's probably my favorite uh, guy that I ever dealt with. Covington was one that was great. Connor borrowing. Um, I mean, I had John weeks who's still here. Uh, you know, you always have fun talking with him. The list goes on and on and on. It's the real list would be like, who have I not liked? And that list is, you know, minuscule because the rest of them have predominantly been just great, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. No, I always remember the, the Antonio Smith one where, uh, Andre, the, I got there Andre Johnson in love Andre, love of Andre. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Another what are you guy. Saying about Antonio? No, I just said, remember the, uh, Antonio Smith, uh, player intro. Uh, I think it was, is it the CBS one? Um, and they give their high school and he said Shaolin Temple or something. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a character. Yeah. Ninja stars in his locker. Yeah. Just all the stories, you know, they're all, he is, uh, there's no hype there. That's, <laughs> that's who he is. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I listened to that interview you did with him, Drew, and it was, it was, you know, real characters, um, in the team. And I don't know if we'll continue to have guys like that, you know, the different coaching regimes probably let players, you know, personalities come out a bit more than others, but, um, but yeah, no, a great guy, a great guy with some good in, in, insight in there. Um, I suppose there's, um, there's probably been, there's probably been an eventful off season. Um, yeah. And uh, it's probably, I, I, I suppose, when, when things are kind of being questioned from the outside, how, 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 does, how does that affect, you know, somebody front-facing, 
like you know you let yourself in the organization because we've all worked in jobs where you know things have gone on you may or may not agree with what's been going on but you know it's well you know it's not within your within yeah. your realm of influence but uh what you know how, how have you kind of found this off season i mean i remember I saw briefly one of the, the Crown Royal water breaks and, you know, people were kind of, you know, I think they had to sort of come out and sort of make a bit of a statement on the next one and things. And it's been, you know, the, off, the, the fans kind of reactions probably, you know, mirrored a lot of the stuff that's gone on in some ways or that, or that's just their natural reaction because they all want this team to win. Yeah, no, it, it's understandable. It? It's yeah. understandable. I mean, I, I work for the team and um, there's a lot of people that aren't happy with what's going on. I understand, you know, mm. I understand. And I know a lot of people understand that I can't talk about, yeah. uh, you know, coworkers. You know, all <laughs> yeah. all of our checks are signed by the same guy, so I'm not going to blast a coworker or anything um, yeah. because that's not how it goes. But not everyone knows that, and I think that's that's why I said it that one time, yeah. just to make make sure everyone was clear. But uh, listen, we've had tough times around here. You know, last year was not fun at all. The season was not yeah. fun. I mean, four wins, it's awful. You know, I've been through a two-wins uh, season in 13. That was lowest of the low. There have been some other bad years as well. But, you know, things change. And, you know, I guess I'm old enough and I've been around long enough that I can I can maybe see down the line. So, yeah, it's been a tough offseason for sure. Nobody's discounting that. I don't, I, don't, I don't debate that at all. But, you know, there are fun times ahead, I think. And, I do look at, I mean, this is just, it's mind numbing how many changes have gone on this year as far as transactions. I think we're in the eighties, the high eighties now, and it's probably going to eclipse 90 by the time we kick off. And well, we certainly will uh, by the time we kick off in week one, but um, you know, aside from the the expansion year in 20 in 2002, there's never been this much turnover and this much change. And so it's been, it's been an adjustment just trying trying to learn who these guys are. Many of whom are not going to be here. You know, because you basically cleave the half the roster in half um, after that final game. But it's been tough. It sure has. But you know, at the end of the day, I still work in a, a great job. I have a great job. It's it's a fun job. Um, I'm paid to talk about a football team and and everything that that encompasses, and it's cool. Yeah. So we'll see what happens this year. But you know, I'm always going to be on the optimistic side of things. Yeah, and I suppose, I mean, the longer you do it, you know, I think it's infectious in any kind of sports team because, you know, whether you, you know, you're not, you know, as you said, you're from from the area, but even if you're not, I suppose you become a fan as well. So there's like a, I suppose, yeah. a balance of, you know, and even for me you know, on a much smaller scale, albeit, but, you know, trying to do this and you being a fan, but then you want to try and give a balance kind of outlook for people to not, to, you know, because, you know, and I think people get plugged down and social media and all this kind of stuff and it just, it, 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 it tumble, it snowballs things into, you know, into things they're not. And, you know, and these narratives arise and people believe in choosing what, what they want. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a funny old landscape. It's been a strange off season. It's been great. We've had some people from Sweden, Germany, uh, Canada, you know, we've had people all across the globe, you know, being on here this off season talking about how much they care about this team, you know? So it's, uh, as I keep yeah. telling myself, it's all cyclical and, uh, you know, the good times, you know, will inevitably come against just the nature of the business. Right. Um, and I suppose we're at training camp, uh, or on the eve of, and uh, pretty much. Uh, what's yeah. your kind of memories of training camp? What does the schedule look like for you? Because I suppose it's probably in some ways almost busier than the regular season. It can be, yeah. yeah. Uh, aspects of it for sure. And I'm just I'm glad we're having one with, you know, it's more it's going to be like the like years past. I mean, there's obviously some major differences because of what happened with the pandemic, but there are going to be fans back at camp. There's going to be 
sort of a regular schedule of being out there and being able to be out there. Cause last year, essentially we did the show here in the building, a pregame show and, and start of camp show in the building and you miss most of it and then get out for just like 20 minutes, but now we'll be out there and it'll be nice. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that, but yeah, just, just kind of like a, a return knock on wood to normality is, is what we're most excited about. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm really, I think this offensive line is going to be better than last year. And I think it's going to be much improved and just like, just by that alone, that gives me a lot of optimism on the whole, because when you're able to block better and run the ball better and protect better, I mean, it's going to do so much and it's going to make a lot around the offense, I think better. And I, perhaps I'm being a simpleton and perhaps I'm being a homer when I, I say that, but I just think because this offensive line is going to be so much better, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic for, you know, this team being able to, to do okay and, and be okay and, and be better than it was last year. You said on one of your segments, um, showing my, uh, my, my loyalty in terms of listening to the content here, but uh, you said in one of your segments, um, the uh, people are going to be for in for a surprise at the offensive line. I think maybe you said if people are still listening, then they'll pick that one up. Have you got? Can you elaborate on that at all? Or are you keeping that? Yeah, one there's there's been a guy or two that um, he's not one of the more notable names, but he's he's actually really played well, and right. at least what he's done in the in the meeting rooms and what he's done on the practice field when you're not you know going full speed. So you got to put that asterisk by it. And yeah, I think, as you know, I'd said that in the in the thing, but. This guy's grown by leaps and bounds, and he's going to really kind of make some people be surprised when you see, I think, where he winds up. Right. So, I like, and that that alone is a big cause of optimism for me, you know, because that's he's just one component on this this line that I think is going to be a lot better. Another big part of that is the coach, James Campen. I think he's yeah, yeah. really going to integrate some things. I think the center, Justin Britt is going to be quite a leader and quite an addition. So I'm pumped, man. I, I really can't wait to see what this offensive line can do and how that trickles over to the rest of the offense, which I think in turn will make things a little easier on, on what the defense has to do. Yeah, and I suppose as the return of preseason games, and a lot of people dismiss them, but I, yeah. I, I find them good. I mean, I, I probably, again, showing, showing some of my tendencies here, but, you know, who's going to be the fourth or fifth string linebackers is interesting. You know, and you get to see these guys, and a lot of them, it's um, probably less so for the Texas this year because they're more veteran players. But I always find that the, the preseason, you've, you know, you've got young guys who this might be their only chance in the league, and they're fighting, you know, for every last breath out there. And you saw that bit on hard knocks, but I suppose that must be like that example you said in the offensive line. That must be the most interesting part, I think, for everybody um, close to the team because you're seeing these guys, especially if you know them or some of them, um, yeah, they've got a chance and to get roster. And for guys like you and me, I mean, this is going to be a really a great learning experience because, you know, most years you go into the preseason and you know who your starters are, you know, they're not going to play much. You're not going to see much of them. And this year, I mean, with such turnover, it's going to be fast and with a new head coach. Yeah. Um, how does he do things as far as divvying up playing time? How much does he hold certain guys out? I mean, just that alone you'll learn a lot about where guys stand. And then once you get on the field, seeing what they do. I mean, if you follow this team, you know, you're always paying attention and you're always watching the preseason. But if you follow this team and, and that's your living, that's your job, you're going to really have to follow what, what happens you know, throughout the entirety of, of these games because 
there are so damn many new faces that, you know, yeah. we got to figure out what is what and who's who and um, how these different combinations on both sides of the ball are, are going to shake out. Because, I mean, think about how many new faces have come through. I mean, it's, it's almost, what, 50, 60 guys? Yeah. So, you know, and, and like I said, it gets cleaved down to 53 at the end of the day, and I mean, that's, a, that's a lot. Yeah, and just obviously it's not been made official yet, but reportedly, put the asterisk next, they made a trade for another wide receiver. I think it just shows you the Nick Casario's approach to, you know, iteratively trying to improve the roster. What did you make of the reported um, um, wide receiver coming off Chicago, Anthony Miller? I saw him, I saw Casario on Friday, just yeah. passing in the hall and we're chit-chatting. I was like, you making a move? You doing anything? He's like, what, what, me? He's got, you know, just like kind of joking. And then sure enough, a day later. I, right, uh, okay. I was going to say, he's not got a better look. I thought he's had a better poker face than that. They had him making a move face. Yeah. <laughs> so he's always, just know he's always yeah. got some, some move in the, you know, there's a something chambered in the, in the gun there to, to get going. Yeah. But uh, we'll see, you know, we'll, once it, once it all gets announced and everything. I mean, I think he's, Casario is, is intent on, if he thinks, uh, you know, the, the, the 90th spot on the roster can there's somebody better that can be at 90. He's going to do that. He's going to add that person. If it's at 67, he's going to keep adding. I mean, he's in, an incremental thing. He just, he just wants his team to get better. And I think that's what the idea is, you know, bringing in a guy like that, he thinks can, can bolster competition perhaps. And um, you know, that's, I think that's the ultimate end game there. He just wants to get a, a more competitive roster, better roster than, than uh, he had. Yeah, and I've, I've heard you guys talk about this, so I'm going to steal a question from you guys, but do you have any subterranean guys on your watch that you think are going to come in and maybe, you know, I know you mentioned one the offensive line. Have you got any other guys that you've, you've watched grow in the building and you think that guy's ready now? Yeah. Uh, so I, I mentioned Britt, uh, you know, Philip Lindsay, I would say, but I think everybody thinks he's going to yeah. Be, yeah. be pretty good. But he's, he's been great since he got here. Um, you know, keep an eye on the safety Jonathan Owens, he might be somebody that contributes in a way. Um, I'm not saying he's going to pick off 15 passes and, yeah. you know, free safety blitz for like 12 sacks, but I think he can be somebody that's pretty good. So keep an eye out for Jonathan Owens. That's kind of one of the names that I'm intrigued by and in, in, um, in that regard. And then as far as the draft picks, I get the feeling that Roy Lopez, the defensive tackle from Arizona, is going to come in do a good job at that job, which is not glamorous, which is not um, one that generates a lot of stats. But I think he's one of those guys that can come in, play, contribute, and contribute at a, at a good level immediately. And you might see him around here for a while. Yeah, I, there was a, I just put out some clips when we drafted him, and there was one where there was a pile at the goal line against USC, and nobody <laughs> pushes the pile up. Obviously, you can see his big blonde ponytail, but you just see him drive right through the pile, and you thought, if he can, if he can – learn how to use that leverage consistently. Yeah. Consistently. Yeah, you've probably got a player there. Holds guys in half. And yeah. he kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, – there's like certain aspects, not as a player, but certain aspects of him. Yeah. Reminds me of Sean Cody. You know, he's from the Pac-12. Uh, you know, he's got a few other similarities to him. But Cody, he's a, uh, he's a color analyst on USC football games for the radio broadcast. And he said, that guy's good. Yeah, he can play. He, he played really well against the Trojans. So – he had his eye on him, and, and he, he liked that pick as well for the Texans. Yeah. Well, I hope so, because I think we're definitely going to have to find gems as we start trying to yeah. you know, build out depth on this roster. No doubt. And um, 
of all the of all the road trips, you know, that's probably my favourite bit of following this team is the road trip. You get to go to a place you've never been, um, you've never gone standing in a bar talking to people that you've never met, you know, in a million lifetimes. Um, what's your kind of big big road trip that you've got um, circled on the calendar this year? Oof. Well, I love that we're just traveling in general. Um, yeah. In the preseason, I think I, my favorite stadium to visit is Green Bay. Yeah. I mean. League wide, that's my favorite one. So I'm pumped that we get to see that in the at least in the preseason. Uh, regular season, I love Miami, man. I wish we played there at night so I could go like hang out on the beach in the morning, but I'll take it. I still like going to Miami. And then, um, let's see, what else? Always love going to Indianapolis, it's a fun trip, yeah. And, um, hmm. yeah, I would, I would probably say. Miami and Indianapolis are the two of the ones that I'm looking. And San Francisco is cool to go to California, like like California. Yeah, yeah but Buffalo was the desired one on this one for me. But uh, as I said, we're still in limbo right now. I think maybe if it if it uh, gets pushed back, the time scales in. I think Miami's always a always a winner. I think right. I think. Oh it's, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you can carve out some things. extra time to before and after, so you can get on the beach, man. Yeah, and then next year I won't ask you which one because everybody will be going to Vegas, so that'll be. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Be, yeah, uh, that's the big one next year. And I've still never been to Las Vegas in my life. Oh, yeah. I'm, oh, I'm, no. I'm you one of the last weirdos that hasn't done that. So well, I can't yeah. wait to go. I think that's going to be kind of similar. I think in some ways to when uh, the San Diego were playing in the, or when, when they, they moved the first season in Carson and it was, you know, uh-huh. predominantly, predominantly road fans there. So it really changed yep. the dynamics. So, um, hopefully. Um, only other memory of that is in Dallas in 2014. Um, I know Johnny yeah. Ellis talks about that a lot, but yeah, that was, that was an experience. If you can get a road That's game, a battle good, a, crowd on yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. Battle red everywhere. And if you get a good following on the road for your team, it's, uh, it's pretty inspiring, I think. And that's, that's kind of, the memories and time hopefully we'll, we'll be looking forward to this year drew but um yeah. we'll, we'll let you get out here i really appreciate your time drew very generous as always um just to, to see us out what's kind of your message for fans as i said it's been a tough off season we're probably in year zero zero point five of the rebuilder as you know as it's been phrased um what would be your message as we uh, as we start to look ahead and hopefully get past some of the uh, the off-field gloom that's kind of always surrounding many people's view of this team well, thank goodness football's back. Um, I'm one of those people that, whether it's mid to late January and the season has ended, or whether it's you know early January and you're you know you're not in the playoffs, the time like I walk off the field after the last game that the team has played, it's like the worst because I want a game next week. You know, I like when this team plays games and I like the season and I, that's what makes my job so much fun. It's the highlights of my job, the season and the games and everything. And so it's back. And I do think, like I said earlier, I think this offensive line is, is really going to be improved. And I think you're going to see a better defense. And like those two things alone, I think that lends to improvement. So I'm looking, uh, looking for better things in 2021 than what we saw last year. And, you know, that's what I, I'm, I'm after. Yeah. No, I think it's, it's a new era. I think what it's about to be a new era in, in many ways. So we'll see. And I think that's why you play the games because nobody knows anything can happen. So, Drew, thank you very much for your time, mate. Always appreciate it. I'll uh, keep in touch. Hopefully speak to you at some point during the season. Um, and uh, enjoy it and enjoy the road trips and uh, a bit of normality of, of what we all know and love about this team. But uh, thanks, Drew, for your time. Appreciate it. I appreciate you, man. And I hope we do get back to normal. hope I can put back a pint finally with you and your and the boys uh, whenever we're at one of those road games or something. Sound good? Yeah, sounds good. Excellent, Drew. Thank you very much. All right, man. Appreciate it. Speak soon.